For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, now only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport You know, you know If you know about the carport The trap door's supposed to be awkward If you know, you know That's the reason we ball for Circle round twice for the encore If you know, you know What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show Podcast I'm your host, Amai Hawkins I appreciate you for taking time out of your day so listen to the latest episode of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. Today we will be recapping the Commonwealth Cup, the 101st meeting between the Virginia Cavaliers and the Virginia Tech Hokies that took place on Black Friday, 12 o'clock noon at Scott Stadium. Before we get started, this podcast is sponsored by Able Insurance. Able Insurance, st- servicing the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Holler at the good people, Billy and Charlene White. At Aber Insurance, go to aberinsurance.net for home, auto, business, and life insurance. That's aberinsurance.net. So here we go. We got to recap the show. What went down on Black Friday at noon? You couldn't write a better script of the lead up to this game. Right. You got the Cavaliers who were picked to win the Coastal Division. You have the Virginia Tech Hokies who I think were picked third or fourth, something like that. Um, Virginia started out a little shaky. They got smashed by Duke the day before the Cavaliers lost their first game of the season versus Notre Dame. And it seemed like since those two games that the program had been going in different directions, um, you know, with Virginia Tech beating the breaks off of Wake Forest and almost beating Notre Dame um, to Hanley beating Pitt. And then you got Virginia losing to Miami, losing to Louisville, struggling versus ODU, um, and just having losses in the defensive backfield that had a lot of calls to pause as far as can this Virginia team finish the year strong in the month of November? That's been the Achilles heel for Coach Bronco Mendenhall since he's arrived as the head coach at UVA last year had a chance to continue to compete in the Coastal and win the Coastal, dropped the game versus Pitt, 
one versus Liberty, then dropped the game versus Georgia Tech, then Virginia Tech, both in overtime. So it was all about November. What can Virginia do in November? And in November, they have been very good on offense. Defensively, they took a step back, which we understood because the loss of Brent Nelson and also All-American Bryce Hall. So coming to this game, you have Virginia Tech. Um, nine straight scoreless quarters, two straight games, period, of the opponent not scoring the point versus the Cavaliers, who has um, been playing more bend-don't-break defense and just outscoring opponents. So first, we're going to look at the stats, right? Got to look at the stats. The final score, Virginia 39, Virginia Tech 30. My pregame analysis on the Cavalier Countdown, also on my podcast, I stated that UVA will have to score over 30 points to even have a shot at defeating Virginia Tech. So when you look at the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown, we talk about finishing, right? UVA started out hot, which I thought they would. I felt like that no matter what Virginia Tech showed coming into this game, I felt like offensively we would get out to a fast start because I understood Bryce Perkins was pissed off for greatness. If you looked at his Instagram all week, he reminded everybody of the failure, the failures in which he had versus Virginia Tech and that he didn't forget about them. He came out red hot. He came out red hot. Piping hot pizza hot. It didn't matter who was on defense for Virginia Tech. It did not matter. Houdini was definitely in the building and he was using his legs. Just for the people who forgot how dynamic this young man can be, he showed you quick, fast, in the damn hurry. We get into a third and long situation, our first third and long, coaching our dials up, QB draw. Everybody knows QB draw is coming. And he did what he did when he got the first down. Then another third down, he takes off for a touchdown. For off a QB draw, 39-yard run. But when we look at the quarters, I got away from it again. UVA started out hot, 13 points in the first quarter. Then we had that lull like we usually do. Had a quarter in which we didn't produce anything. That was the second quarter, didn't have any points. Then Virginia Tech has a run in the third quarter. They dial up 21 points. We try to keep pace. We only score seven. Then you look at the finish part that I talked about. Finish, finish, finish. And that's what they did in the fourth quarter as they scored 19 points to Virginia Tech's three. So let's get into some team stats right now. First downs, Virginia Tech had 25 to UVA's 14. We look at total team rushing. UVA had 181 yards rushing versus a Bud Foster defense. And I've been telling you, I, I played in the wide tackle sits in high school with Coach Mike Smith or the Hampton Crabbers. If you could run the ball versus the wide tackle six, you break the back of that defense. That defense is geared to stop the run. That's one thing you don't do versus a wide tackle sixes run. And UVA had 181 yards rushing. Tech had 172. UVA had 181 yards rushing on just 25 attempts. That's seven yards per carry. While Tech had 45 rush attempts, averaging 3.8 yards uh, rush. Passing yards, both teams had 311. We had 33 attempts. They had 30 attempts. 
They averaged 10 yards per attempt. That's yards traveled through the air. Each pass was over 10 yards average. Ours was 9.4. They averaged 17 yards per completion. We averaged 15.6 yards per completion. Total offense, we have 492. They have 483. They ran 75 plays. We ran 58 plays. We averaged 8.5 yards per play. Um, they had two fumbles and two interceptions. We had one interception. So the turnover battle, the Wahoos won that. Um, time of possession, they had 33 minutes, 39 seconds. We had the ball for 26 minutes and 21 seconds. Third down conversions, we were 5 of 14. They were 4 of 15. We were 2 of 2 in red zone chances with two touchdowns. And they, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were 3 of 4 in the scores and chances. Um, Yeah, so that's it for the team stats. Individual stats, Hendon Hooker. Passing stats, he was 18 of 30, 311 yards, one touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked six times. And my analysis coming to the game was make this young man beat you and be consistently good with his arm. He has a big arm. Um, he reads one way. Looking at the film, anytime we made him come off his first option, we generate a sack or we influenced a bad throw. Anytime he was allowed to throw in rhythm to his primary target, he threw darts. He's going to be a very good quarterback. For years to come. I mean, very, very good. Bryce Perkins, 20 of 33, 311 yards, one touchdown. His interception, he was hit off a, a safety blitz off the weak side. And also Dax Holyfield hit him low as well. So he got kind of sandwiched. The ball went straight up in the air. Um, he was sacked twice also. Um, Bryce had a lull in the second and third quarter. If you looked at our post-game interview on Virginia Sports YouTube channel, um, he even stated that, he hit he hit sort of a wall in the second quarter and a little bit of the third quarter, and um, it showed. But um, overall, both quarterbacks threw for 313 yards. Rushing, Bryce Perkins was absolutely phenomenal. 164 yards by himself. Wayne Tyler Papa had 17 yards and a touchdown. Bryce had two touchdowns. Um, when you factor in the two sacks that he lost his 14 yards on, he basically had 17 carries for 178 yards because he had the two sacks for 14, negative 14 yards. So Bryce, true running, 17 carries, 178 yards. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Deshaun McLeese, I think he's going to be a good back. 86 yards, one touchdown. Hooker had 44 yards, one touchdown. He has negative 45 on the sacks. So he basically had 89 yards, negative 45 on the sack. So that took him down to 44. Trey Turner, three carries, 25 yards. Uh, Keyshawn King, three carries, 11 yards. And Dalton King, two carries, six yards. Um, receiving, Trey Turner had a good game. Seven catches, 134 yards and a touchdown on the touchdown. Nino almost ripped the ball out of his hands. Um, Hazleton, seven catches, 118 yards. There's some big receivers. I mean, they got a nice little core group at Virginia Tech, you know, keeping it real with you guys, my analytical hat. Um, 
they limited to what what they do on offense. But it's like remember the Titans, man. It don't, it's not about how many plays you run. It's about how effective you are at executing those plays. They don't have a lot of plays that they run. You can kind of dissect and see what's coming, but you still have to defend it. And if they execute it well, big plays happen for them. Hasis Dubois had himself a day, just four catches, but he had 139 yards. And he gave out about 12 stiff arms to strong stiff arms. That boy's strong. Use your strong hand, Hasis. Um, Joe Reed, five catches, 66 yards. Terrell Jenner, four carries, I mean, four receptions, 56 yards. Billy Kemp, shout out to my fellow Ado. Three catches, 32 yards, his first collegiate touchdown that counted because his last collegiate touchdown didn't count versus Georgia Tech. And there's something about the number 80 scoring against Virginia Tech. What can we say? Um, Tanner Cowley, three catches, the touchdown engineer, nine yards. Anytime he catches some, you know, a pass on a drive, we usually end up in a touchdown. And Tavares Kelly had a big reception. His one catch for nine yards got us in field goal range for Mr. Delaney to take us home with the game-winning field goal, even though we had the sack, the strip sack, to seal the game. It was still the game when the field goal. On defense, Heskin Smith led us in tackles with, uh, along with Joey Blunt. Eight tackles apiece. Blunt also had a pass breakup. Devontae Cross had seven tackles. And Fumui had seven tackles. Two and a half tackles for a loss. A sack and a half. Jordan Max, six tackles. A forced fumble. Noah Taylor is a ball player in that Joker role. He's just the act. You call him Weapon X back there. Noah Taylor has six tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack, two interceptions, one pass breakup. Have yourself a day, Noah. Remember when people were saying he was Charles Snowden 2.0, and he was like, nope, um, Noah Taylor 1.0? He was right. He Noah Taylor, Weapon X. You could put him at strong safety. You could put him at outside backer. You could put him at nickel back. You could put him at rush in. He just make plays, damn it. That's what you do, Noah. Have yourself a day and get the cuppeth back. Zeus, six tackles, half a tackle for a loss, half a sack, one pass breakup, had kill everything on his written on his face. And people don't take it literal. It's just a football thing. He in the zone. That boy from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Not really Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but he from the area. He old school throwback linebacker. And for now on, he's gonna play with a cat. We're gonna put a cast on both of his hands. Cause he be laying that lumber out there. My man, I'm talking about Zane Zandir for all you. You know, I know y'all call him ZZ Stop. We just call him Zeus. Matt Gam, five tackles, a sack, tackle for a loss. Old school linebacker. Eli Handback, the book of Eli. It was written. All he wanted to be was a cavalier. And what is he doing his last ever game at Scott Stadium versus Virginia Tech, the rival? He scores to seal the game after Manny Alonzo get the strip sack. Was it Mandy? It was Mandy Alonzo, right? Yeah, it was Mandy. Shout out to the book, Eli. Charles Snowden, four tackles, a sack. You see the theme here. All the silverbacks eating back there in the backfield. Famui, sack. Noah Taylor, sack. Well, Silverbacks really considered the down lineman. But if we just want to keep it down lineman, Eli Handback, 
He phone, he got the phone recovered for a touchdown. Silverback eating. Man, Delonzo sack. He eating. Even though the whole front seven, we can call him Silverback. But you know, Coach Vic, you know what I'm saying? We keeping straight D line. The Silverbacks was out there hunting and eating. I'm hungry. Nick Grant, three tackles also. Um, so yeah. Dude, I don't wanna I ain't going to Virginia Tech tackles and stuff. Who cares? I ain't gotta be nice in them no more. Um but when you break down the game and what I saw, uh, let's start with offense. Offensively, I just felt like Bryce was just aggressive, and you got to give tip your hat to Coach and I. He was putting Bryce in position to be aggressive. We 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 mixed it up. Um, I did feel like Virginia Tech started sitting on our routes, and again, Coach and I started calling deep routes and 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 off play action, making everything look the same. And the inside zone read. We was actually running zone reads and RPOs this game. Legit. Because a lot of times with Tyler Pablo was getting hit in the mouth. And you saw Bryce pull him up out of there. Whoop. We're taking shots down the field. Shout out to Bryce for completing them. Um, and what can you say about our receivers, man? Their ability to catch the football with their hands. Joe Reed kind of, you know, got the party started again in the third quarter. The deep ball that he caught. On the same drive that um, uh, Billy Kemp scored on, but um, that got us started back because we hadn't really completed anything of significance since you know the Cecil Dubois deep catch in which um, Diablo threw him into the brick wall and and Cecil did what he's supposed to do, give him a quick head, but like hold on, player, we won't play that here. And it's amazing. That was all setting penalties when Diablo not only threw Cecil into the damn brick wall, he he he. Did the dumbest thing you could do is threw a punch into Hasee's helmet like that's gonna hurt Hasee's, and we got all setting penalties. So you could throw our receiver into the brick wall and then throw a punch. Come on, man! And it's only because it was Hasee's, because everybody know Hasee's chirp and he don't he don't take no mess. But then Hasee served shut the hell up juice with a stiff arms the rest of the game. Take that. He lift weights. He's strong. Neighborhood. Um, but yeah, um, I just felt like offensively. Unlike last year, we continue to, to be aggressive. Virginia Tech did start to sit on a lot of our routes. They anticipated the route combinations we would run. Um, and we extended our routes. Instead of being five to eight yards, it started to be between 10 to 12. And Bryce made great throws. Um, I, um, I like the short motions that Coach and I was using to put us in a mess field and allowing us to not really be pressed because when you use those zen motions we call the in zen type of motions the the, the db uses going to back off because they'll be in no man's land and the receiver has momentum to really go off of press coverage and versus wide tackle six anytime you overload a side versus the wide tackle six you're going to declare the coverage because they essentially have one safety because the rover is more of a specialist type guy. He's not a guy that's known to truly cover. So you're going to play some type of cover three or you're going to declare that it's – like it's going to declare. They're always going to have one safety high majority of the time in a wide tackle six, and that's the great thing about that, that you could just overload the side. You could really stress the defense by putting three receivers to one side or using some type, some type of short motion because if that corner doesn't come in, it's coverage. You know it's some type of zone So that's why when we went That tight, that zen motion That's why Hasis got um, That deep ball Because he was already inside flanked on the corner 
And now you're putting a lot of stress on that deep safety. Even if they're man and man free, he has the corner outflanked. He doesn't even have to use a stem. He can just run straight up the field because the corner is outside of him. So what Hasiz did was he actually stemmed them back out. He ran right back out into the corner, made the corner widen his pedal and gave him more, gave Bryce more of a window in that seam area, which it was a great route. And like I said, he caught it with his hands. Um, and with, you know, Billy Kent being in the backfield some, with Joe Reed, with his speed in the slot, with Jana, his ability to beat man-to-man, we really had the upper hand. It, it really played, the, the football gods were looking down on us because their best DB, Farley, had back spasms and didn't play. That even the playing field, Right. For as much as we lost Brent Nelson and Bryce Hall, and people was going to wonder if Chris Moore was going to play, and Chris Moore didn't play. You got Devontae Cross back at the deep safety. We didn't use a nickel. We used Nortella as our nickel. That's the greatest thing also that you got to give. And when I talk about the defense anyway, Nick Howell, his, uh, and Papinga, they're roses, but let's stay on offense. So you have Farley out, and I was surprised because – with back spasms, you 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 could usually get a shot in the buttocks, get you a you know little pain painkiller shot, and you're usually good. So either his you know pain threshold isn't that high, or it was something that even a painkiller shot couldn't help. But he didn't play, so that's you know majority of the Hokies' excuse now why we won because you know if Farley wouldn't have, would have played, UVA wouldn't wouldn't have won. That's what they're saying right now, but. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, but yeah. So, you you got that piece. But anyway, whatever whatever they whatever they're gonna say. Offensively, we did what we're supposed to do. And Coach and I woke up in the fourth quarter just like he did versus Florida State. You know, we had I think almost six straight series. Let me see if I could look that up right quick. Um, in the drive chart for us, we had. One, two, three, four, halftime, five, six. So we have five we have six straight series in the punt. And then you go to the four forty-two mark in the third quarter. We go touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. So our last five series to end the game, we generate points. Three of the five, we get touchdowns. The last three drives versus Florida State were over 70 yards, ending in touchdowns. So we got a seven-play, 79-yard drive, touchdown, five-play, 75-yard, touchdown, five for 67, field goal, nine for 34, field goal. Actually, the last touchdown was uh, the book of Eli. So our last four drives in the game, two touchdowns, two field goals. Um, They took 218, 218 for both touchdown drives, then 323, then 324. I mean, our touchdown drives, I mean, all of them were less than three minutes. <laughs> That's against a Bud Foster defense. Defense that didn't give up any points for eight straight quarters. You know, I'm just saying, eight plays, 75 yards to start the game out, touchdown, took us two minutes and 43, 46 seconds. Then we had a three-play drive, 75 yards, took us 54 seconds to score. So, um, then you flip over to the defensive side. Everybody was one. I kept telling you guys the biggest thing we have to do is to stop the run, right? Stop 
the run of Virginia Tech, forced this young quarterback to throw the football consistently. Be good consistently throwing the football. Now, granted, they had 172 yards rushing. They did that. But it was still that bend, don't break type of defense. Don't allow them to get away. And we they got into a little of a groove. Like I said, they scored 21 points in the third quarter. But with that being said, when it came to the fourth quarter, their first drive of the fourth quarter, they got a field goal. The next drive, interception. The next drive, fumble. And I want to say, hmm, did we have the ball more than them when it comes to time of possession? In the fourth quarter, we may have. Ah, oh man, that's something I maybe need to see if I could find. Um, when it came to quarter by quarter, as far as time of possession, did we have the ball more in the fourth quarter? We might have. Um, but defensively, I thought we did a great job of. First of all, we use our base defense. Usually, we're in a nickel defense when teams are going, you know, three wides. We we stay with our nickel, our base package. Not we didn't go nickel. We stay with our base package. We use our three down linemen, our four backers. We went with just Joy Blunt and Devontae Crosses, our safeties, and and Nino and Heskin. We didn't use a nickel. Noah Taylor was essentially our nickel, and then it's times we put in game gam for for Noah. But we just gotta talk about it. Noah Taylor's a hell of a player. Six foot five. He set the tone, opening sack on that first play from scrimmage, Virginia Tech had. Um the interception for halftime. People are not gonna, you know, that's a Hail Mary type of situation. But you go to the interception he had in the fourth quarter, right? It was like third and twenty. Looking at it on film. They had two guys in the same area. They were running a sale concept. They were trying to influence him to take the short back. And then the deep receiver was running the goal. Then they had another receiver running the sale route, you know, in the vacant spot that the deep receiver on the sideline, you know, was clearing out. Noah did a great job because the quarterback used dash concepts where he, you know, pressed the tackle box so that pass could be more on a rope and, and a better, you know, accurate attempt for him. And quiet as kept, if Noah wasn't 6'5", that pass would have been completed for a first down when you look at it on film. It might have been right there at the line, but they would have got to the yardstick to where they would have went for it on fourth down, possibly, or got into field goal range. Um, but he did a great job of understanding down the distance, understanding line formations and understanding the route concepts from film study. And he even said it. They tried to bait him. It was basically a sale concept. They tried to bait him. And he did a good job of just keeping his hips open and using all of his six foot five and long arm frame. Um, I know Fuente said that was a fourth throw by his quarterback. It wasn't a fourth throw. It was a guy open. He just didn't realize how tall Noah was. So we ain't going to do that. We're not going to take away Noah's great play um but again what we did defensively up front the silverbacks the ability to play with their hands uh it was times they were, we were outnumbered outflanked but their ability just to scrape and use second effort to just grab guys and open gaps that 
with gashes, but they would get their hands in there. How Joey Blunt would come down where they have his outflank and they throw a quick bubble and just get his hands on a receiver and slow them down. There was a lot of times schematically, Virginia Tech had the upper hand, but just at the snap of the ball, the stunts that we ran would negate that. Just being violent, understanding gap responsibilities. Because it was times that they were just had us outflanked and they would get out to the edge. They were reaches. You know, so you just tip your hat to that. But as the game went on, you could see Coach Nick Howell and Coach Papinga just understanding, yo, we know what they want to do now. We know when they want to run jet. We know when they want to run quarterback power. We know when they want to take a shot down the field with a double move. We just know. We understand when the quarterback's going to pull and keep on the inside zone reads. So that's why it was sometimes it was one time with Charles Snowden got outflanked, out he got fooled by um, Hooker, and he scored. The next time you saw Snowden did the same thing, but he understood just the blocking scheme that the quarterback wasn't going to keep it. He just ran down the back because you're like, oh man, we about to get fooled again. But this time you look, Joy's following him, so Hooker had to hand the ball off because Coach Howard made an adjustment. But I just think overall, man, we just show heart. Um, I remember being talking with Drew on ESPN Richmond. Um, no, 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 no. This was this was my man Ed Lane in the fast lane on his show. And he said, what's the one thing UVA is going to need in order to defeat, defeat tech? And I said heart. Heart. That was going to be the biggest difference. We got heart this year. A whole lot of it. Got a lot of resolve. Like we don't panic. When Virginia Tech came back and took the lead, unlike past years, we didn't panic. When Brian Delaney misses uh, extra point and we get that third and long, we don't treat it like it's two down territory. We don't treat it like we got to get it all in one. We just say how many yards he need to set up this field goal. And he booted a game winning 48 yard. We don't do that two years ago. Last year's trials and tribulations, last year's, you know, kick versus Georgia Tech in overtime that didn't go in, prepared Brian Delaney for this stage. He didn't fear it. He had already visualized the outcome. It was written. All the years of trash talk, all the buildup of trash talking. It was the main reason why I stepped back off Twitter this week and didn't respond to any of the tomfoolery because it's like, I don't need to talk trash this year. I know what the goal is for this team. I know how much hard work they put into this. So there's no need to defend anything that they say. There's no need. There's no need to really get in my feelings because they felt like the B-Tech video was was, uh, pathetic. And all we do is think about it. You damn right all we do is think about beating Tech. Because it's that serious. Why not? That's what greats do. We understand what it means to beat your state rival. So, yes, we take it seriously. For all that dismissive behavior Virginia Tech fans have to UVA fans when it comes to football and and saying we're going to beat Tech, look at them right now as they hold this L. How hungry they are to try to get that get back. How they keep talking about, oh, we're only using this many players. Just look at how they acted now. Isn't it amazing? 
They tried to make it seem like it was so dismissive. There was no way it was going to beat them. They was going to beat us by double digits. They were going to jump out so quick on us. They defense playing at so much of a high level. All we got is Bryce Perkins. And what did we do soon as we came out the gate? Two quick things from three to the neck. It's amazing how the one dude they made fun of is making you cry right now. They feel so salty right now. They got to. Because of one sport, they could just say they got it in the bag. Mm-mm. It's a dog fight now. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to be no one-hit winner. This is going to be no 15 minutes of fame. So while they talking about they're going to just reload, we're getting ready for Clemson. Straight like that. So, yeah, they got to hold this shut the hell up juice for over 300 days until next Black Friday or the Saturday, depending on what they agree on. And the cup staying here and the cup got a lot of company here because all these national titles and trophies we got in our trophy cases. See, the see the cup is the biggest thing smoking in Blacksburg. The cup is just something we add to the repertoire because we got all this hardware known as the NC trophies. They ain't got no NC trophies there unless you 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 fishing for bass or you planting some soil. So sorry, Virginia Tech. But you had your fun. And we're gonna be we're gonna be classy. We're gonna be humble. We're gonna be respectful. But just know. Laugh now, cry later. Don't fight back to tears. We got wet wipes for you. Just hold this L. All right? It's the ball hog, man. That's all I got for y'all, man. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed Petty Hawk's podcast. Petty Hawk getting out all the trash talking that he had built up all week. So make sure you check out his podcast so he won't hold it against me and say I'm hating on him. Salute to the staff. Salute to the players. Salute to everybody that's a part of the football program, man. Coastal champions with opportunity to play against Clemson for the ACC championship. This is a true David versus Goliath. We understand what we're getting into, but this is what we wanted. This team didn't lose a home game just like the 1998 team that I played on. This team beat Tech to win the Coastal. That's huge. That's huge. I see some people on Twitter, you know, trying to compare. I tip my hat off to this squad. They won the Coastal to play for a share. I mean, to play for the ACC chip. My 98 squad, we beat Tech, but we ended up, you know, third because it was a tie for first between Georgia Tech and Florida State. At 7-1, and one, we were 6-2. and two. We was third that year. And we had the opportunity to play Georgia in the Peach Bowl. It would be ironic if this same team plays Georgia in a bowl game, just like that 98 team did. But salute to the staff. Salute to the players. Beat Tech, win the Coastal was the mantra, was the goal, and the goals were achieved this this year. Go out there and get Clemson. Nobody believes in you. But the ball hawk. And and the fans. I ain't going to say but the ball hawk, but the fans. But you know the motto. Good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do, man. We out of here. Make sure you subscribe. Go to myhawkins.com for all your ball hawk videos and 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 podcasts and outtakes for the walkthrough and also my post-game interviews 
uh, with the players. And go to sthujuice.com for your Shut the Hell Up Juice apparel. Shout out to my man, Coach A, for wearing the good as the enemy of great shirts that I made for them. Um, that's truly humbling, man. And um, definitely appreciate all the coaches, man, that, that always, you know, want my apparel and wear it around the facility, man. I definitely am humbled. Humbled by the fans that I see when I walk in Scott Stadium and JPJ, uh, the fans who be wearing the redemption shirts. Definitely appreciate that, man. It's the ball hawk. I'm done talking. We out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.